welcome to Was That in Good Taste, a podcast about tasting things and asking if they taste good, and then talking about things and asking, was that in good taste? Which we all know is an inevitable no, no, it probably is not. Uh, my name's Chandler Phillips. With me, as always, is Stephen Beery. That's me. Oh, yeah. All right. And today, you know, we're going to be talking a little bit about our uh, our comfort foods and also our discomfort foods. You know, the the foods that give us that sense of catharsis and that that make us feel good whenever you know everything else makes us feel not. And then you know those foods that eh, you're just not too convinced about. You know. So, so what you're uh, saying is, when you're here, <laughs> when you're here, we're going to talk about, you know, the foods, <laughs> your family, yeah, that when you consume at a table with your loved ones, give me some more gravy, give me some more breadsticks, I, I need some more sauce, when you're here, your family, when you're here, your family, so, uh, but before we get into that, I think uh, we're going to do a little little quick week catch-up. We'll do a little catch-up. But uh, I guess, really, it's kind of two weeks because this is... Now, I think everybody knows, and you know this. Mm-hmm. This is coming out on Friday, the 3rd, 4th, 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 4th. It's coming out on Friday. That's the 4th, right? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's, coming out, it's coming out on a Friday of some week and some blah, blah, blah. Every two weeks, right? So we're there's, 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 a lot of, there's a lot of catching up to do. Yeah, All right. we got so, some time. So you're a comedian. Boy, howdy. Have you done any of that there comedy? Yeah, I've, I've, I've been hitting a couple of mics when uh, when the work schedule allows me to. It's uh, It's been a little tough, but, you know, I try to go to the Brooklyn Comedy Club um, as often as I can. They got a pretty good uh, Monday. It's a free open mic called Bagels and Baklava. They have a great... Uh, bagels great, and... Uh, bagels and Baklava. Okay. And it's at five o'clock on Mondays at the uh, Brooklyn Comedy Club on Fifty Third, and uh, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun doing comedy there. Um, I'm just starting to get back into the swing because I have, oh man, I have been <laughs> quite lethargic lately. Oh, so you haven't been doing any actual comedy? I have been out of practice. I'm, I'm that guy who like for a month has been saying, oh man, I should go to the gym. And then instead just goes home and eats an entire bag of Doritos. That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I, I'm efficient, too. I know how to use the whole chip funneling method into my mouth, which I guess that's a good enough. as tra- No, <laughs> we can't transition to comfort foods from there. No, definitely There's not. There's still way more to cover. So here, Wait, so here, uh, you did the comedy thing. It's been a minute. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy it? How did it feel? Oh, it was good. It was, you feel sore afterwards because open mics never go the way you want them to unless... Did anybody laugh? Yeah, a couple people laughed. I got some chuckles, some snickers. How many people were there? Oh, uh, actually, you know, as time went on, it filled up probably to about like 20, 25 people, um, most of which are comedians. But that's the trouble with open mics. You can't ever really gauge. It's all people who think they're funnier than you. Exactly. But they're probably not. Well, and then also me thinking I'm funnier than, you know, any given person, but I'm not. <laughs> I think, have we not done it? It's kind of hard because it's like, can you like go to a pizza restaurant? You get like a really shitty slice of pizza. Mm-hmm. 
and you don't really know how to make pizza, but you know it's shitty. You know, and you see the comedians, and I mean, you know how to make, you know how to make a joke, but you know what a real bad joke is. You know yeah. when you hear it. You know when you see it. It's just like it's it hurts. It, I've been it, doing nothing, so I don't know. Have you ever been to an open mic, Stephen? Oh, oh, like just many. Ex- so like there's actually experience there's actually open mic comedy. Uh, um, there's one in Brooklyn, actually in the Brooklyn Queens called Open Mic Renegades. It's actually run by an associate of mine and a friend of mine participates. They do comedy, music, um, everything, guitars, uh, pianos. It's a real kind of safe space. It's really cool that they do it. They do it every other Friday. That's, you know, that's nice. It's super awesome. And the thing I like about that kind of a mic is that not everyone who's there is participating. Mm-hmm. Or if they are, they're not all doing the same thing. I'm going to be honest. Usually those kinds of open mics that are a little bit more showcase of multiple talents, those are more fun as a comedian to do because everyone's not tired of hearing comedy by the time you go yeah, And everybody's happy. Everybody, Everybody's supportive. Everybody it's- wants to be there for you you know exactly some of my best sets i did at uh this one club that um like most of the other actors were either hip-hop performances or spoken word poetry or um there's like one other thing that people do at open mics (laughs) and then magicians also magicians those are interesting Mm. but a lot of poetry but a lot of poetry Mm. a lot more poetry Mm. in new york you know i really love in new york it's really interesting is that all the open mics are mostly poetry, but with the random comedian thrown in and the random and people who play like instruments and stuff. And it's interesting. It breaks up the monotony. It makes it very easy. You know, tell you what's not fun being the only comedian in an all poetry open mic. Mm, yeah, that's that's <laughs> definitely one of those things I've seen before. You want to talk about it's not on purpose, but like mm. some open mics are really poetry open mics right not open open mics and comedians are just thirsty for stage time where you are the thirstiest bitches for stage time unless you're like good even then (laughs) i've uh i've been thinking about doing like some sort of stand-up then i realized i'm not funny and i don't i don't really think that (laughs) i have uh the kind of i don't know what kind of humor i'd be you know i always joke that like you know for me i like a good cheap laugh so my favorite thing is that's racist or man something something racism something something black person you know oh, but, that's pretty much yeah you know, par you know, for the course here like oh man boy i sure do you know who sucks president trump oh, oh boy oh. uh i did i did a trump joke today that like it wasn't a bad joke it was just like even as i was doing it i was like eh, we get it that that i said that to myself in my head while I was doing the Trump joke today. It was about... It, it, Giuliani got subpoenaed today. <laughs> Shit's hitting the fan. <laughs> There's a shit storm a-coming. Oh, oh, for the fifth time? For the fifth time. Yeah. But here's the thing. Like, other presidents, they they knew how to how to evac during a shit storm. They get that tropical depression notice in the White House, and they're like, all right, I'm out. I mean... Clinton being the the exception because Nixon was like, all right. Nixon was like, all right, out. I'm done. (laughs) Packed up the car. We're going inland. But you know, Clinton, 
He's a good old boy from Arkansas. He's weathered a tornado warning or two in his time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He 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 may have hunkered down and and didn't do much, but you know he still weathered the storm. I mean, since we're doing a little thing before we get into the main topic, I just gotta drop my little opinion here. Uh, I think that Trump is not doing that because there's all likelihood if he does, he will be indicted real quick. Oh, real quick, real quick. Well, here's why I think he hasn't yet. He, he's got too much Floridian in him. <laughs> he's just like, every time it comes in, every time, every, every time, time the levees break, yeah, just rebuild. He's, he's, he can smell the shit storm Never coming. heard of a Category 5. And he's outside of his house, rock, flag, and eagle, just waiting for it. In fact, it, at this point, if he were to turn and run, it would just look bad on all politicians. <laughs> It's like, is this what Floridians do when there's trouble coming? Is this no. the kind of humor that you do on stage? Because I don't know how funny it is. Oh, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, oh, believe me, sweetie. It is not. So I think this is super interesting. I So I bring food into everything, right? You know, Because this week we're talking about food and our relationship to food. And I bring food into everything. And you're reminding me, actually, of like my friend Ian Russo, who uh, he has a podcast called Clearwater Los Angeles. His name is Ian Russo. He does a lot of comedy at, uh, uh, I know he does something at the store sometime. What's the other comedy? Comedy uh, store, Laugh uh, Factory? Laugh, uh, what's the other one I was talking about in, uh, in in Vegas? And oh. you were like, oh, wow, you know somebody who does it there too. I don't is know. Is it Comedy Cellar? At the Comedy Cellar. In Vegas? Yeah, we know. And um, so when he first started doing comedy, there's a bar like four doors from here. And they have like, for $10, you get a shot. A sixteen ounce tall boy of like paps mm. and an appetizer. Mm. And that's uh I really that's a spicy deal. I really kind of associate food. This is why I'm fat. <laughs> this is why I got <laughs> the wheeze going. The wheeze. You know, um uh I'm I am i am not morbidly obese, I swear. People who've never seen me before are gonna be like, well, You can <laughs> also catch Steven on my six hundred pound life. <laughs> so I I directly relate food to my experiences, mm-hmm. you know? And like I just remember going there to see him and we were watching the other comedians and he was eating macaroni and cheese. And I just thought it was so funny. So Wait, before his set? Or yeah, after yeah, before his set. set. You're going to eat mac and cheese before a set? So I took a picture of him Oof. eating macaroni and cheese. And he gets on stage and he's joking around or whatever. And he goes, hey, he says some joke. And the woman in the crowd is like, this guy was taking pictures of you while you were eating. And I was just like, I was like, I know him. <laughs> I was like, it was so awkward. <laughs> Wait, so during his set, a lady heckles him to remind him of something that happened I'll be fair, before he got on stage? My memory is not, I'm not remembering, it wasn't heckling. He he posed a question or something. Oh, okay. It was, so it was crowd play. Or yeah, was, yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. You know, but I, just, I relate food to everything. You know, oh, I don't definitely. know. So I live in New York. And so to me, you're a little alien. Oh, so definitely. I want to know. Not right now about the, the individual foods, but I want to know about your like you and food and your history with food. I'm just curious. Oh man, I don't know anything about like really about where you grew up. I don't know, like you guys poor. I don't know anything. I don't. I don't really know. I uh, I love food. Well, I should start that out. I I love food so much. Can't like tell. it's <laughs> only recently have I 
have I not been uh, as fat as I was consistent. Like, I've been a fat kid for the majority of my life because I love food. My favorite line from any kid's movie was School of Rock when uh, Jack Black is talking to the girl in the class who was like, oh, I didn't want to be a singer because people are going to make fun of me. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, so? I'm fat. I like to eat. Is that such a crime? (laughs) And, like, that was my fucking mantra for for years. It was just, yeah, I like to eat. So what? Um, So I do have a very, very uh, close connection with food as well um the the foods that i grew up eating don't really do the best justice for how much i like food. they were relatively bland i'm gonna be on my mom tried she tried to introduce <laughs> some flavor into our life but uh my dad's a bit stubborn on that like consistently our our we had at least twice a week uh ground turkey tacos uh no seasonings just Ooh. yeah uh with flour tortillas some cheddar cheese sprinkled on maybe a little lettuce maybe maybe like a mild salsa and, or or green salsa all right all and right. then occasionally well, salsa verde they got gotcha. you yeah exactly <laughs> if we wanted to spice it up a little bit more the go-to was uh chipotle tabasco that ooh. little little chipotle tabasco and ooh tabasco chipotle chipotle flavor has a direct line to my heart and my heartburn so food food was not like a super huge part of relationship with you and your parents it was and it wasn't because i ended up cooking a lot for myself when i'd come home for school and uh a lot of time like a lot of the time i wouldn't really cook for myself as much as I would just rummage through the fridge for about an hour and a half and you know scavenge that I was a scavenger and so one of my favorite meals to eat was uh, a picked rotisserie chicken I, I know that carcass really. and all like yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. you know you come home and you see that and there's like maybe a leg gone but there's still a full breast and a couple mm-hmm, wings mm-hmm. so here's a question because for me were you guys poor like, I don't know. I'm asking because I don't know because... Well, the the middle class is disappearing. So. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> um, I don't think we were poor. My dad just didn't have that uh, adventurous of a flavor palette. And mm. so we kind of stuck to bland foods. But we always had food in the house. And there was always stuff to snack on. It's just it wasn't fruit... We were the type of family that had like fruit leathers instead of fruit roll ups. Oh boy! And I never ate the fruit leathers. Mm-hmm. I think don't, the only reason I ask is because for me and my relationship with food and my mother, a lot is completely tied into the fact about how just poor we were. Mm-hmm. And I think that the reason why I ate the way I did and the things that I did is my mother wanted me to like be expanded to things and wanted me not to eat like as poor as we were you know what i mean so you kind of you ate above your income i I guess you could say that only because so i'm gonna give you like a little give me give me a little insight um we didn't have cable right Mm. but there was a coaxial cable the white cable that goes into the cable box hanging from the ceiling and plugged it into the tv 
And sometimes when you do that, you get the local channels clear as day. Hmm. So we got channel 11, channel 9, channel 7, 5, 4, 3, and channel 2. Which nobody knew because really gets CBS is kind of hard. I don't know why. I don't know where it is. is but it, but CBS is based that in New York. But there's an, I don't know what was going on. Like you couldn't really get it in your apartment over huh. over the air. It was kind of hard sometimes. Um, so we plugged it in, and you would also get Nickelodeon oh. and a brand new channel that just came on to cable, the Food, Food Network. Network. Ooh. The Food Network. And the thing is, is that when I say that. We were poor. I didn't realize how poor we were, but my best memories are like my mother and I eating Chinese food when our lights would get cut off in front of our little portable battery power TV. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because my mother went out of her way to kind of make sure that I I didn't suffer, really. I never went without clothes, without gifts on Christmas, or without food, you know? So... She you know. sacrificed. Yeah, she did. Yeah. In a way I didn't really realize. So even to the point where, for example, on Fridays, she would do like a cultural Friday. But again, Y'all this is the 90s. Nights? So a different culture in the 90s was tacos. And, sp- <laughs> and also we were poor and spaghetti. But she would do also random stuff like she ordered like Omaha steaks. And I was eating like really shitty vegetarian food in the 90s that wasn't good. You know, before they actually knew yeah. how to make things impossible, and like sushi and stuff. These things that were not like super mainstream, you know. And my entire relationship with food is tied into my mother and my relationship with her. But, but you got good exposure to to a bunch of different foods that way. It sounds like, yeah, of course. I mean, the thing is, my mother went out of her way to. Let me cook with her, you know, even if it was just the beef stroganoff hamburger helper, oh, which, I, by I the way, oh, it's so good. Bowls I taste it right that. now. I can oh. taste it right now. You know, there was always seconds. There was always thirds. You know, now I always prefer my beef. <laughs> <laughs> just stuff it into your mouth. Stroganoff. <laughs> you know, now this is completely related, right? Because, as you know. We always do a little, little, oh, what? a little drinky drink, right? Yeah. And so, what the thing that we kind of did today is like we were all talking. We were talking about like the kind of drinks that you would have in childhood, and maybe adulting them up a little bit, right? Yeah. Now, me, I was thinking about something because I am just drinking whiskey and ginger ale, and I wasn't thinking of drinking that as a kid. But there's a reason for that because you didn't drink whiskey we didn't, and ginger beer. As a kid. <laughs> definitely not, because I realized. That we didn't have anything to drink in my house. And I drank Kool-Aid. And I enjoyed Kool-Aid. But does anybody really love Kool-Aid? Like, I didn't really love it. And things like orange juice were super special. Yeah. You know, there was no soda. I didn't really have, like, soda, you know. I, I didn't have a lot of beverage, you know. Just water. Just water and Kool-Aid that I didn't really love, you know. And then when Tropical Fantasy came around and I would like steal 50 cents from my mother's purse <laughs> and like get a Tropical Fantasy. So I kind of realized that me, for me, an adulting a beverage is not going back to any beverage that I had when I was a child. Because I don't 
that's strangely the one thing that I don't have a connection with when it comes to food. Is beverages? Is beverage. Huh. Well, you must have had some, like, really well-cooked, or at least not dry food, because... Yeah, no, the food was very good, and I would always have some Kool-Aid, and also, and I have, like, I have, like, small memories of, like, when I first discovered the mango flavor of Kool-Aid, it was so good. Mm. And, you know, and the Jamaica, which is like, um, which is like a sorrel, you know, sorrel, like hibiscus. Oh, okay. Like flavored Kool-Aid. Wait, what? I've never Yeah, it's of called that. Jamaica. If you go to uh, Hispanic neighborhoods and get Kool-Aid, they have different flavors. What? Yeah. I, I was just limited to the basic ass uh, fruit punch or wild berry. Yeah, no, whatever. they have like little packets of uh, tamarind flavor or purple flavored. Yeah, they the... got they got tamarind flavored. Tamarind. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's so good. But the Since thing is, when? is that I so but Kool Aid doesn't really taste good with liquor. I really thought about it, but Kool Aid doesn't actually taste good with liquor because it's mostly water. You got to make riot punch. Yeah, yeah, but I don't really like that. So like I saw, you know. <laughs> But you're drinking something actually really cool and kind of interesting. Oh, I did a little research because, like I said earlier, I fucking love food, and uh, you know, being that you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of the meals in my house were on the drier side. Turkey. What's what's a good turkey taste like, Stephen? <laughs> chicken. It tastes, it tastes like, like chicken. And yeah. uh, I, I, I swear, it wasn't until like I moved out to go to college that. My dad realized you didn't have to cook steaks well done. And and he's learned, but that's, I'm so proud of him. I talk a bunch of shit about his his palate, his gutter palate, but I'm so proud of him because he's learning so much. Let's exchange steak stories. Okay, give me me your steak story. All right, so I don't eat steak anymore, obviously, but when I did, in 2004, when I was dating my ex-girlfriend Rose, she was German, Mm -hmm. so she was white, obviously, you know. Wait, Germans are white? I know, right? She didn't speak any English. She moved to Europe. Then from Europe to America within a year. And she taught herself English. So she had great, great English. And I went and I and and stayed at her house four, five times, six times, whatever. I went to visit her from New York. First she came to visit me. I went to go visit her. Then I moved to South Carolina. And then I moved to Georgia where she lived. And I lived right next to her. Coincidentally, just related to my mother. Nothing to do with her. Hmm. Okay, so then one day I was there, and her father made steak. I think it was a New York strip steak, actually. He made steak, and I was like, oh, I'll just have the piece from the end. I like it well done. And he said to me, try a piece from the middle. And I was like, it's not, it's not, but it's not, it's not cooked all the way. He was like, give it a try. Oh, boy. I'm going to tell you something. It was like a life-changing moment. It really is. It really was. It was so juicy. And tender. And delicious. It's got all the steak flavors. It was so good. I remember. Succulents. You know? Yeah. I never forgot that day. Mm. What was her name again? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. (laughs) I, you obviously have a steak story because I, I only mentioned it because you were talking about your father and his driest. Well, okay, his dry. Let, quick backtrack because uh, a lot of the time. Oh, we're talking about what we're, we're talking about. You drinking? I said I. Oh, I tangented. Ooh, I we need tangented a tangent in hard. 
All right. I didn't want to reel you back in because, I mean, steak stories are always fun. They're always good. All right, yeah. so uh, continue. What are, you, what are you drinking? So Only because mine, mine was boring. Yours is boring. Yeah. We've had whiskey highballs before. What I'm drinking is uh, one of my favorite comfort drinks, which it's a um, – well, the cocktail is called a California root beer. And I'm from California, and boy, do I love root beer. I love me a cold sarsaparilla in the afternoon. What? Yeah. I don't know what sarsaparilla is. The sarsaparilla is like OG root beer. It's what sars- – the sarsaparilla, whatever the, the, the plant name is it, that the root that it's made from is root beer. Anywho, uh, I was only allowed to drink sodas on the weekends. And so I'd be so stoked to get me one of them A&W sodas. Ooh. And I, oh, I'd go all out. We'd go to A&W and I'd get, a, get an ice cream float or a, a root beer float. Oh, I was so juiced. And there was a good time where once I moved out of my house, all I drank was soda. Or all I drank was Ooh. root beer. I had root beer and cream soda running through my veins. And uh, now, now that... Uh, I got a little bit more self-control, <laughs> a little bit more discipline. Uh, you know, I don't like wheezing going up my stairs. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't need uh, high fructose corn syrup running through my veins. Um, I cut back on my soda intake significantly, but every now and then I splurge on like one of those good artisanal root beers that really oh. like you get the 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 full terroir. Abita is the best. Yes, or uh, Fentiman. Oh yeah, the, they do a pretty solid root beer. But what we're drinking today is a cocktail, the California root beer for this California kid, and it's uh one part. Uh, this this interesting Italian liqueur called Galliano, 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 La Tinsco, La La Authentic. It's uh, uh the La, Authentic Galliano. That's pretty much. That's what it pretty is. much what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an herbal liqueur that was, I believe, uh, introduced to Italy during their war with uh, Ethiopia. Um, oh, the first Italo-Ethiopia War. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 1896. Ooh, look at you fact-checking me on the Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't get my information from there. Ooh, star anise, juniper uh, berry, musk yarrow, lavender, peppermint, cinnamon. So it's, it's got a lot. vanilla. And vanilla. So you got the, the little vanilla bit. The vanilla is why it doesn't taste like complete, like anise. I get it. It's right. And it's what kind of differentiates it from... Uh, the absinthe that we had a while back as well, because it, it still has that anise flavor, that anisette uh, herbaceousness. But not only is it one part of that Galliano, it's also one part Kahlua. And mm-hmm. then I took a little liberties because typical recipes call for either club soda or cola. And I said, uh-uh, not this guy. I said, no way. Jose. No way, Jose. And uh, I threw in some good old ginger beer into this mix. Because, um, boy, do I love me some ginger beer now. And I'm going to be honest, it actually has a pretty similar flavor profile to root beer. It does. You know what I think it is? It's the vanilla and the it, anise. It's the vanilla and the anisette. 
and like just the tiny bit of rich sweetness that you get mm-hmm, from the Kahlua mm-hmm. just kind of helps give it that body that I'll be honest though I think the Kahlua the coffee taste is the coffee part of the Kahlua is kind of it kind of counters some of the some of the flavors but like it I take a sip of it and it takes me back to uh after school would get out in high school my buddies and I all 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 us Utes would would uh mob down to the local gas station we'd fill up these like what was it like a 46 ounce uh big gulp at the local gas station Ooh. and the goal was to see one who could finish theirs first on the walk home and two who could go the longest without then either pissing or puking <laughs> on that same walk home puking puking because okay well <laughs> I just don't know. Okay, okay. But does this need a tangent story? No, next time. I, I, I all right. Because that also kind of defines my relationship with food. I have a very sensitive gag reflex. Ooh. So there were times where, like, my family would celebrate, like, "Oh, we're gonna go down to the to the buffet and you know have dinner there," and that happened about three times that we ever went to a buffet because I would overeat to my heart's content because I wanted to try literally everything that was at the buffet. No self-control. And then, sure enough, through just the walk from the doors to the car, I'd spew. Oh, boy. Oh, it was bad. Well, are you enjoying your beverage? I am not going to vomit this beverage back up, which is one of the highest of compliments I could give to a beverage. Well, I'm enjoying my beverage. I'm enjoying mine too. No, I think I, you know that you know what I think that warrants that was in, in good, good taste. taste. Oh, oh, now let's let's what, do a little. What are we doing here? I know, right? Um, take a little sip. <laughs> um, all right, so here you go. So let's talk about briefly like some foods that you do not like. All right, so the discomfort foods. Discomfort foods. I'll let you go. You go first on this one. So what what foods do you associate? Manners. Either- Mayonnaise? I hate mayonnaise. 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 I hate it. It's weird. Wait, but what are your thoughts on Miracle Whip? That's so, that's extra nasty because here's the thing. (laughs) A dollop of mayonnaise and cake batter is delicious and it helps lighten up the cake. Huh? I've never heard. Did you not know this? I've never heard this one. If you put, because what, what what is mayonnaise? It's egg whites. And and oh no it's yolks it's isn't it egg whites it's and egg wh- and vinegar oil. oh vinegar that that makes your cake really fluffy huh yeah. you know yeah I've, I've heard of sour cream that but that is that you you would also do sour cream but not for cake mm-hmm. but for like maybe but that's not more the like a bread yes like a corn bread but but you definitely use mayonnaise for that and I used to enjoy a small bit, of, like a dollop of mayonnaise, like a small one in tuna fish, because you have to. But I hate it. Oof. But you have to have it in tuna fish. You just That's, have to. You ha- it's a binding agent. You know, but like, I hate it. I don't like it. You know, Steve, I'm in that same camp with you. And, yes. And the, the dry household I came from, <laughs> too, greatly despises mayonnaise. And tuna was the only... You have to. For, you, you have, have to. to. You have to. You have to. So, mayonnaise. Other than that, and I don't eat meat anymore, but that's for like weird ethical reasons and stuff. 
that has that has no, that has nothing to do with how delicious the poor animals are because you know the animals are loving and they shouldn't be eaten i think but they also taste delicious so i'm i don't don't at me okay <laughs> um <laughs> i know that's just what it is you know um i don't really dislike many foods there are some textures sometimes i don't like but i'm willing to try and i'm open to trying anything mm-hmm. i have more foods that I like and i have more individual stories and connections with food and bad meals like i can talk bad meals like one time me and my friend we used to go all the time to diners okay she and i would go to diners all the time oh, i love diners so there's a diner in the bronx under the uh the stop after fordham the um the the not burnside that's two stops before whatever doesn't matter i'm a foreigner you, you can't know? be asking me for okay. this advice. so right under right under the Kingbridge station four train is a diner so me and adriana we go to this diner we sit there we're sitting at this table and she gets a salad she doesn't eat meat so she was like i get the anchovies on the side it's a whole thing mm-hmm. and i order spaghetti no i got the salad she got the spaghetti she ate the spaghetti and she said to herself she was like this doesn't taste good so i took a bite and it was like the sauce was thick and <laughs> oily and clumpy and I couldn't figure out why it tasted so nasty. And they took it away. Then last year, I sat down and I realized what it was. What that strange acidic flavor was. <gasps> canned stream beans. Huh. They had mashed up canned stream beans. Stream green beans. String beans. 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 And put them into Wait, the sauce. Bees? Be- beans. The beans. green beans. The green beans <laughs> into the sauce. So I have like bad food stories, right. but I don't really have foods I really dislike, except mayonnaise. But now, even that, where does the animosity for mayonnaise come from? It just looks so nasty to me. It looks to the gotta... point to the point where, like fettuccine alfredo and stuff, I, I'm hesit- I was hesitant to eat, but I do enjoy it. But I really don't like the You're way not it a looks fan so of, much. Uh, white goopy sauces. No. See, now you're sounding like my father. Really? He's he is not about white goopy sauce. <laughs> I mean, but that's also not true because I like other things that are white and goopy. Like you fuck with a bechamel. Oh, I fuck with a bechamel. You have to. You have. You know, to. you have to. But I don't know. But we, do you have any very specific foods that you don't like? Oh, that, well, yes. Let me answer a couple of these because you said but, some but hold things. On, though, can I say something first? Oh, we're gonna go on like six different. I, I'm gonna make it very All clear right. though. Because I, I can make it, I I only really dislike mayonnaise, but people I just realized they dislike things a lot. People don't like olives. They don't like pickles. People don't like so many things, and I don't really understand it. Because I can see something might be too spicy mm-hmm. or too salty, but like you can get pickles that are less salty. You can get like there like, are some people who are genuinely offended by some foods. I just don't understand it because even though. But I have to because mayonnaise. Is, I don't understand it. Just bothered by mayonnaise. Just picture it as tapioca. Jesus, tapioca is not great either. But I'm okay <laughs> with it. See, I have friends who could like eat a spoonful of mayonnaise. In fact, my dad once bet a guy while playing a game of pool. If he missed the shot, he would eat a spoon of mayonnaise. And the man 
stuck to his word. Get away from me, fucking cop. Oh. It's so nasty. You gotta spew. Oh. So your 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 discomfort right, food. My discomfort food. <clears throat> my number one discomfort food is locks. Is is you're bagels like, and locks. Hmm. And it's not it's not just like I I don't really have a, a taste for salmon. And it's not it's not just that I dislike the food, but the concept of me disliking bagels and lox, and it wasn't even until recently I had I enjoyed cream cheese, but it gave me an identity crisis. Like <laughs> my 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 entire Jewish side of my family. I'm a, I'm only half Jewish, but according to to Jewish law, my mom's Jewish. Which therefore, half? the it's my mom. And the left half of the my right half. No, the top <laughs> half <laughs> <laughs> bottom half is all goy uh, <laughs> oh my mom would she'd love bagels and locks and we'd you know meet up with with other people with other uh family members on that side and i'm i'm supposed to have this this kinship over such a traditional food of our people and the first time I smelt lox, I gagged and, and spewed. Oh boy, with and, the spewing. Uh, the, the spew was intense. And that was when I was like five or six. But like I've I've had this animosity towards lox that's just been an internalized anger with my like I if I could like smoked salmon and lox, I would. <laughs> I would want that connection. But I don't. And it feels distancing you know and of course i also you know identify with with the spirit animal of a bear which also are known to enjoy (laughs) salmon and and again the same issue i can't i can't force myself to like salmon no matter how hard no matter how hard i try is that like your number one that's like discomfort food. If I could change one thing about myself, aside from my financial status, it would be. You know what? My... <laughs> I agree with you because if I could change the fact that I don't like mayonnaise, mayonnaise is great on sandwiches. It is like that's the purpose of mayonnaise. It's you to put just a nice kind of liven up a sandwich, and, and I just don't. You... Here's what probably happened: you probably had some experience in your life where someone didn't put. The appropriate film of mayonnaise on a oh you mean a, like everyone ever where they put like where they just thwap it on <sighs> and also like, watching my mother eat mayonnaise and watching the it ooze out of the sun can we talk about food we like Jesus Christ uh, okay well let's transition to foods here here's a I'll transition this way because I love tuna melts it's uh, the salmon thing, it doesn't extend Jeez, to all seafood. Tuna, okay. But it's tuna con mayonesa with cheese and usually onions and that that is my biggest connection. Like when I go to bar mitzvahs and stuff, there's always uh bagels and locks out, but my real connection to that side of my family is my love for tuna melts. My my grandma, I never got to meet her. She died like three, four years before uh, I was even a concept. And she, like, her, uh, I've been told her go-to meal were tuna melts on rye bread. And, Ooh. oh boy. 
is that's that's a quick way to my heart is uh, a tuna melt with some deli mustard, some Swiss cheese. Listen up, ladies. Oh, man. Oh, boy. You can take it to the deli. Well, put that away. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a food that I thoroughly enjoy, that I do feel that connection to to a culture that I'm otherwise kind of severed from. Do you have any connection? That's so funny because my favorite food ever is not, I swear, it's like pasta with gravy like now when you say gravy i mean i mean italian gravy you mean gravy i mean gravy i swear i remember in this revy house i have memories of like being like seven years old sitting in the room we were just sitting in at a table we're kind of where we just were and i think actually that mirror was still on the wall but it was organized a little different the tv was on the same side and I remember sitting there at the table with my back to the TV and my grandfather giving me a bowl of spaghetti. And now I realize he didn't drain the... Because you, you ever not drain the noodles enough? Mm-hmm. And so, like, the bottom of the bowl is, like, this soupy, watery mess with, like, a tomato sauce that happens a Your little spaghetti bit. spaghetti broth. I remember that. <laughs> and I remember fucking loving it. Ooh. You know? and did I you, Did you slurp it down at the end? Yes. And I remember... Like, we couldn't really afford to put spaghetti sauce on top of the pasta because it takes up more sauce. So my mother would always toss the uh, sauce in, which I didn't hate. But, like, it would kind of, like, dry out and not be as saucy, you know? Yeah, sometimes the sauce doesn't cling to the noodles the right yes. way. So when I first lived by myself as an adult, I lived across the street from where we are right now, okay? Mm-hmm. And I ate spaghetti. Every day, but Friday, for six months. <laughs> well, because Fridays were the... Pizza. Uh, oh, okay. ordered me, me and Rob ordered pizza from the same place where I had pizza from earlier today. We'd order a pizza every Friday. What's... If you're ordering a pizza for yourself, what topping... Not paying for the pizza yourself, just ordering a pizza for yourself. I usually go plain. I don't usually do extra cheese because... Extra cheese is good, but I like extra cheese, not too much cheese. And when you get extra cheese, that's what you get. You like extra cheese, not yes. ludicrous if cheese. I, if, yes. You know, it's like <laughs> ludicrous cheese, <laughs> ludicrous speed. No, if I had to pick like a pizza, for example, because hold on. Now, this is the second one is pizza. Okay. Because if you look at the show notes, what you'll be able to find at habitofwellness.wordpress.com. Okay. And that Google Docs, it'll be everywhere. It'll be everywhere. It'll be in a little in the little the, the summary and whatever. Um, pizza it's like my friend Lisa in high school. I bought her two slices of pizza, and she still owes me five dollars from that, and I never forgot. <laughs> okay, um, and I, but Denise slice of pizza, she owed me two two dollars eighty five cents because that was after the price went up. And I like a good regular New York style slice of pizza. However, I love the margarita, like a traditional like kind of tra- oh. traditional margarita with the dollop of the sauce with the basil but then if you're like put whatever you want on it i'm like give me fresh garlic and cooked garlic and basil and cherry tomatoes and <laughs> like like <laughs> i love to Just put all this stuff yeah but no ham yeah, no ham <laughs> give it no ham but i did used to like uh like you know even when i them even when i ate meat pepperoni only pepperoni hmm. not pepperoni and sausage hmm. you know because pepperoni is perfect you know pepperoni is the perfect meat for a pizza. It it 
it gives enough of itself to the pizza through the through the grease. It sweats enough. Salami doesn't sweat the same way. It doesn't. Oh, but hold on. But now here we go. Because I have all these. Because now this is the thing. I, foods I don't like on mayonnaise. Foods I love. Spaghetti. Uh, pizza. But then I have like memories associated with foods. Right? So like I like. um I like. uh My brain is having like. Because I guess desserts are foods as well. Desserts aren't foods. Desserts aren't foods. Fine. <laughs> Like, unless you can dress them up as a breakfast, you ever had a pi- you, ever, you ever had a piragua before? Uh, I don't speak Italian. Piragua, piraguas, yeah, man. Wait, it's is a, it Italian? No, it's no, not. It's... So it's like shaved ice. Uh huh. You know, you never see the Hispanic people with the little, and they sh- the big block of ice, and they sh- 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 and they shave it, and they put, and then they put the syrup directly into it. So a snow cone, you know, piragua, right? Um, Chinese food, because again, we were like. We didn't have any money, so when we ate out, Chinese food was it, okay? Mm. And I remember, again, a block from here, I used to come to this apartment to do my grandfather's laundry. My my mother would always come on Fridays and do his laundry, and I would come with her. He would give me an allowance. So I would go to the Chinese restaurant down the block that I still go to and get french fries. And I loved hot sauce, but I never put hot sauce in my fries. My mother was like, put hot sauce in your fries. You're going to like it. And I was like, ew. But then I did it. You gonna learn. And it was the best thing of my entire life. Oof. But then I used to four chicken wings and fried rice, mm. you know, Gino Souls chicken. You know, I have my relationship to food is crazy because you don't know New York food. No. Okay, you got tasty dumpling in Chinatown, one dollar twenty five cents. You get your you get an order of dumplings, like traditional Chinese like dumplings, kinda like pot stickers, you know. Crispy on the bottom, Ooh. nice like juicy. Like fried pot stickers? Or like- well, no, because they put them in a the pan because they, you know, and then they deglaze the they It's like a big thing and it deglazes it so it scrapes up and it's like crispy on the bottom Ooh. and stuff like that. Um, You know, Meiwa, hmm? which Meiwa you might have seen because it's a popular t-shirt, hmm? but it's a restaurant. I'm going to show it to you later, you yeah. know. um, What else? You know, like I have... Well, because that's what I wanted to ask you. Like, how would you define the the place you grew up, the culture of the place you grew up with a food? But you grew up in New York. I grew so. up in New York, but also I was poor as shit. Okay, <laughs> so my mother cooked. The reason why I'm like I cook every month, we couldn't really afford to eat out unless it was Chinese Chinese food. So my mother made everything. My mother made everything. I ate everything at home unless I ate out. And it was Chinese food. My mother made, did very well trying to make sure that I was exposed to different foods. But then, the minute I got a chance, I tried everything. And I could go on from every single moment of every food I like. For example, spaghetti. I remember when Casey and Amanda were pregnant across the street. You don't know them, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I'll pretend uh, like I do. Go the, on. Me, Casey, Amanda, and Rob were all... Amanda and Rob, Amanda's the mother of my godchildren, and Rob is my best friend who's the father, her first kid. We were there, and I made the spaghetti, and I used, uh, I used habanero peppers. I used so many oh, no. that they thought they were going to go into labor. <laughs> okay? Um, uh, 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 Chinese food. I Wait, wait. How many peppers did you use? Oh, a lot. Because, like, uh-huh. one habanero in a sauce would, oh, like, oh, zest it up. Sweat and tears. It was great. Oh, Lord. Uh, you Chinese had the tanteo, food. Re- right? Yes. Okay. 
uh, Chinese food. Do you mean anymore? Red Bamboo is a Chinese like vegetarian vegan restaurant in the village, right? When Adriana was pregnant, I went there with her. I went there with my mother and my grandfather not long before my grandfather passed away. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I have stories for every one of my favorite foods because that's kind of what food is, is like the moments. You know, and living in New York, when I lived in Harlem, I just went to the store and my mother bought food and she would let me trap the coupons. <laughs> she would let me eat some food in the restaurant, the store where we were looking and we would get food and we would cook together, you know? Mm-hmm. And that is my entire thing. It's all defined by how much money I didn't have, but I didn't know, you know? Right. And then when I ate out, it was Chinese food or bologna with American cheese with mustard. But then Wait, when you put mustard in your mac and cheese, no bologna as a sandwich, well, I used to go and get bologna, oh. American cheese and mustard. Oh, American cheese. Or until I got older and discovered deli mustard, Oh. Honey, turkey, less tomatoes, onions, pickles, Yum. spicy mustard. Pickles or, are amazing. But just a, side note, pickles are delicious. They are delicious. Oh, my God. Or when Amanda's pregnant again, she introduced me to cheddar cheese. Wait. Because I, I just never really ate it that much. How old were you when you were introduced to cheddar cheese? I mean, I knew cheddar cheese, but I didn't love it until I was like 23 when she was pregnant. She introduced me to bacon, egg, and cheese, mm. bacon, egg, and cheddar on a raisin bagel. Okay, you know, mm. so like that for me, that's kind of it because New York is that. But I don't know about the West Coast. I don't know, like, is it it's very homogenous? It's like everything in one area. Like, did you travel to get food? You're you're partially, you got the half Jew thing, go, thing going on. Half Jew. That's a lot of pepper. <laughs> a lot of pepper. Someone's going to be sneezing up in here with that <laughs> I much chew, pepper. You know, so I don't know. You got to like, let me know. I, I don't, you got to educate me. Like how much of your, to give you some direct questions, like how much of your, your food was culturally like Jewish, kosher. Oh, um, none of it. Yeah. I, 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 I was about as kosher as, I don't know, uh, Korean barbecue. Like, there's <laughs> a lot of pork in there and seafood. Um, No, I didn't eat kosher at all, really. Uh, the place I grew up in Antelope, the northern part of Sacramento, before you got into like the the other little communities and towns around us, there wasn't really much to eat except you have your Chinese food place, your taqueria, and your pizza places. And uh... oh, that's good. Oh yeah, beer pro. Oh. Look, there's no there cough button, so whatever. They're gonna kiss yeah. my butt. Anywho, so it we ate another one of the things me and, and my hooligan squad of friends would go and do is we'd go to our closest taqueria and get the largest burritos they had. Taqueria already, see? We had tw- the taqueria. West Coast already. West yeah. Coast, yeah. Taqueria de Guadalajara in the Winco Center. Oh, we would fuck up a giant burrito. And this is a burrito that would take two Extra large size tortillas case, to roll. <laughs> <laughs> two, two, two. Did you get showered enough in that? A little bit. Um, that, those those were always fun. But if if you wanted something a little bit more, 
I don't know, just not plain Jane. Like, even if you wanted to go to, like, an Applebee's, you'd have to go to the next community over. We didn't have, we didn't have any sit-down restaurants in Antelope. Um, there was maybe one sports bar that was there for about two and a half years before it got shut down. It's, it's just, there weren't any places to kind of sit and eat. It was all either fast food chains. Um, and if there was any like mom and pop shops, it was Chinese food, taqueria, pizza done. That's, (laughs) that's it. And, uh, lately as or when when my friends and i actually got our driver's license started exploring we found this one place that i think perfectly encapsulates the kind of cultural demographics that are in antelope and this was right on the border of antelope and roseville still northern sacramento um, but going from like antelope the not as nice area to roseville mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the much nicer area no, i know what you're talking about but gotcha mm-hmm. gotcha and there was this uh barbecue joint it was like out of the garage of a uh of like a mechanic or something. <laughs> i'm already down with it i'm it already very, down with it very uh niche but on mondays tuesdays and wednesdays they'd fire up their smoker and they'd mm. slow smoke these tri-tips. Now, I don't know if you know what a tri-tip is, because I've been looking around uh, New York, and I have not found that cut of meat. Because that cut of meat is actually kind of not good. You um, have to go to a butcher, that's why. You, you, can have, go to, you can go to a butcher. And I've gone it. to a couple. and Well, they don't have them out. But tri, tri-tip, for one, is, is something that defines uh, California's culinary... Um, Look at that. Experience. The triangular cut of the beef from the bottom sirloin, subprimal cut. It, it's it's subprimal, and that's why you smoke it for like two and a half hours. Yeah, it's like it's like and, a skirt thing. Oh, what what is it, this? It gets what is oh. this? And in, in Google, it says it's tri tip a California thing. Is it? Yeah, that's what it says right here. It, it it's an economical cut. It's called California's cut, apparently. <gasps> Wait, see, I oh, I thought there was a thing, but we but. I've had tri-tip, and it's definitely a thing that's here. Yeah. But I guess that's just maybe like a thing that's, you know. All well, right. So this place you'd go, when on the days they had their tri-tip, they'd do tri-tip tacos and tri-tip sandwiches. And, oh, my God, the tri-tip tacos. They'd do it like uh, like with the corn tortilla that's fried with the tri-tip inside with the fresh, uh, the, the queso fresca. And oh. sprinkled on it with uh, like some... Some salsa that's been sitting in agent, like the salsa has fermented, so it's like beyond mm-hmm. average salsa mm-hmm, spice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my god, that that with a gas station soda immediately brings me back to my hometown. Mm. That that taco that because you know West Coast, it's it's a pretty uh, pretty strong Latin influence. The tri tip. You have a good amount of agriculture and rural uh, stuff going on just just in Antelope, too. Like, my my city was so diverse, I guess. You can be in Antelope and on one side uh, go pet cows and chase horses and run with sheep and fish in a creek. And then on the other side, you'd be in, like, 
I don't know, on your way to downtown Sacramento. Wow. It, it's that it, we were on, we were that fringe, I guess, but, oh man, just thinking about them tri-tip tacos now, <laughs> that's, that's so Raven. Well, <laughs> I feel like, I, I feel like I could talk about this kind of things forever because like food here in the, cause you know. There's so much of it. There's so much of it. There's so much and food like, in New And York. you're talking about that, and I'm thinking about, oh, what the, the you know, because also, like, over there in the West Coast, heavy Mexican population. Over here in the East Coast, heavy Dominican and Puerto Rican population, you know. Which, so, so the Spanish food is different. Yeah. But we also have Mexican food here, too. That's great. But you have to look really hard for it. Mm. You know, you got to look for it. But we also Y'all's have Mexican food. No, we have great. I got to show you, though, but it's hard. You got to look for it. You guys have great, like, Spanish food. Yeah. No, and, you like, can find. I promise you, you can find amazing Mexican food, but you, you just have to know where to look. Mm. You know, because you have a lot of Ecuadorian food too. You know, you got everything. And I really, really, really can never shut up about doing this. Okay, but I'm gonna. We gotta cut it short because you're. You know, we're running so long, oh. and we gotta try to. To dial it back a little bit. Dial it back a little bit, but I want to ask just, you real we have quick. So much to say, right? I want to ask you quick. Uh, so, how do you feel about food on the East Coast? Well, I mean, y'all's pizza is untouchable. <laughs> Hands down. Um, New York pizza, even the shittiest New York pizza, is still better than any of California's attempts to try to... Because, you know, you got California Pizza Kitchen and Pizza mm-hmm, My mm-hmm. Heart, which are just attempts to replicate New York pizza, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but, like, with a little less boundaries, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> You'd find a, a California pizza would look the same. They try so that's they try too hard. They try too hard. That I didn't. It didn't occur to me that like it's with the toppings, and that's yeah. what they try to do different. Mm-hmm. Pineapple on pizza. Pine, uh, whatever, whoever likes. Well, I, oh, man, I could go on forever because I, I I live down south briefly in South Carolina and Georgia, but we we can't. We cannot oh. do it because we need to be good. We, we need to be good. Somebody, self-control somebody, and self-discipline. That's that's definitely something that I, I don't think we have a lot of. You know? We're trying to get a little bit better. But here's the thing. So what... What? Oh, that's the wrong song. That's that's the wrong song. Hold on. That's the, that's the, that's the old intro. Mm. I'm going to just go to the music live here. There we go. Relatively live. There you go. Live to tape. Fuck mm. it. I'm Do, <laughs> doing it live. Doing it live to take. Uh, so, uh, I want to thank you. This has been awesome. All right. So, what, 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 what's happening next? You know, what are you doing next in the next two weeks before the next podcast comes out? All right. All right. Well, before the next two weeks, I've been invited to uh, return to the Brooklyn Comedy Club. There's, uh, they do Friday night shows um, that are their their actual shows, not just open mics. I was invited to come back on uh, Friday the 11th to do a spot on um, on their show then. And uh, if anyone's interested, you know, let me know. I need to fill seats. So <laughs> all right, um, you can catch me there, and you can get as many of my stupid jokes as I can fit in five minutes. In uh, social medias, social medias. Uh, check out Humble Bumble Bear dot wordpress.com uh check out see honey at instagram and uh steven what 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 plugs you got well uh as you know this is gonna be 
uh, here on the Art, Art of Giving Up RSS feed. Ooh, let them you know. know. But so you know, for now, you can still reach out to both of us, not just me, on my Facebook page, which is trying to change the name of it right now. Still, the Art of Giving Up. Uh, the Instagram, which is Art of Giving Up. Uh, Twitter, which is the Art of Giving Up, like duh, D A. Oh, duh, Art. The Art of Giving Up. Dart. And <laughs> Gmail, Art of Giving Up Podcast at gmail.com. All right. Mm-hmm. And you know, what this about, has been dope. About, uh, oh, and of course, habitofwellness.wordpress.com. I need the full website. Listen, I got a lot of links. We got so, got listen, so listen. many links. We got we to gotta wrap this up. All right. So, th- we are your hosts. I'm Steven. I'm Chandler. And, well, I guess... I guess today, oh, everything so, we so we about. So, we end it with, like, was it in taste? Or we should end it with, that was in good taste. That was in good taste. That was in good We're taste. We're talking about a oh, lot of things. Ding- All right. Well, we'll ch- I have no ice left. Clink it. There that, we go. That was... In good taste. In good taste. In good taste.